Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. Beat this tight end. And Raja Bell. Bell has done three things. 22 to Raja. It's all the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. All right, what's going on? Welcome to Cannell and Bell. Hanging out Thursday. Raja's last day before he heads yeah. on a vacation. Appreciate that. <laughs> All right. Appreciate it. It's we supposed to a... snow too. I looked up the forecast. Like, it's supposed to snow on the way up through the pass to, to Park City. So. That's... Yeah, you'll yeah. be alright. I'll be alright. I got a four wheel drive. I'm hoping we're, we're, if you need any advice, I can do it. Right, oh, you do it. have four wheel drive. Yes. Smart man. Yeah, I made sure I, I double checked that. Before. Smart man. I did not. This is Canel and Bell. We're presented by Citizen. Huge show to get to. LeBron versus MJ. The debate rages on as, uh, LeBron passes MJ, uh, in those standings. We're going to get into some baseball, believe it or not. Okay. Jeannie Buss is out there talking about how the young, uh, players in their squad were, uh, affected by some of the rumors that came out and the Antonio Brown sweepstakes continue. All that to get to. But first. Yeah. We pride ourselves in being a podcast about everything. Yeah, we, we do. do. Yeah. We do sports. We do movies. Correct. We review documentaries. Hair. Hair. Yeah, yeah we give all yeah, kind all of that. advice on here. Uh, dating advice, marriage advice. We haven't delved too much into that, but we might have some here. <laughs> because we were talking before the show, and Janita was talking. We were kind of having a little mini debate yeah. on would you let your significant other or your girlfriend, probably more your girlfriend, because I don't know if you're a dude, like if you're married, yeah. I don't think your wife's going to say, see you later, I'm going to the NBA All-Star weekend. Right. But if you're dating somebody and your girl wants to go to the NBA All-Star weekend, that is danger zone, yeah. like danger <laughs> city. Like you are saying no or I'm going with you. Correct. It's not a good sign. And so like I was saying to Janita, she was like, well, what if they're a big basketball fan? I'm like, cool, let's go together. Right. Like, But if you're telling me, hey, listen, I'll see you in three days, I'm going to All-Star weekend, it's a red flag for me. Like, for I think. Sure. Sure. Appropriate. Absolutely. Yeah. It is. What about guys trips and girls trips? Acceptable um, or unacceptable? I'm a big believer. Acceptable. In like yeah. I, I like, but this, my wife and I wind up getting into this. Like I take more guy trips than she takes girl trips. Same, we, same here. We go play golf. Like, you know, I, and I'll take guy trips. Like I'll take, you know, when her dad was still living, like I, I'll invite him. I'll invite my two brother-in-laws. Like we'll just go like, you know, drink and play golf and have a good time. And, and, um, I wind up though having more than she has. And we always get into this there argument. A scoreboard? There, yeah, there's oh, a scoreboard. Oh, don't bro. ever have a scoreboard. a scoreboard. Like I, look, I ain't keeping score, but somebody is, you know what I mean? And like it always boils down to, I'm like, listen, it's not fair. I don't know what to tell you. Like, but here's what, and this is what I always fall back on, and it's probably terrible. I probably shouldn't say this on air. I always say, I was like, listen, if anything were to go wrong here, yeah, and we went into the courts, right? Like, you are getting the kids, right? You are. <laughs> right. That's the way it works. So I get more guy trips. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what <laughs> to tell you. Go it's to. not fair. That's the deal. Maker. It's not fair for me either. Like, I'm like, when it boils down to it, I was like, listen, life ain't fair. I'm sorry. You can take a girl's trip, like, yeah. feel free. Yeah. But just know. That if we break up, you're getting the kids. And that's one of the perks that comes with your spot. And one of the perks with mine is I get more guy trips. I haven't gone there yet in the discussion because forever I always took a guy's ski trip. Yeah. Buddies of mine from high school, we would go and it was great. And then it just got to be too much like, cause I took my family skiing right. now. So right, 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 right. By the wayside. So I used to take a lot more. I used to have two, one with some high school buddies where we'd go skiing. Another one was like with some college buddies from football and we'd go meet up and just hang out and drink right. wherever it was. So it was like a beach location or something like that. And then she would go, the problem I always had, and this is where I'm cheap. Coca's been finding out that I'm pretty cheap. <laughs> like I don't mind paying for my guys. You trip. don't, <laughs> I don't want to pay for her girls trip where they're like going into their stand at nice hotels. They want right. to go to the spa and I'm just sitting there like, I know they're just 
just running up the tab right now. Have you ever done, have you ever done a reunion? Cause you said like with your guys. Yeah. Like you guys, do you do it like, like so we had, biannually? You do it every no, five so the, years? One of the you, first trips I ever did was my 20 year high school reunion. Yeah. Just like six or seven dudes we played on the state championship football team together. Right. Like that was one of the first times. And then it started into, Hey, this was so much fun. Let's, Let's get make it, it 21, 22, 23. In fact, one of my buddies was just texting me last night about it. Yeah. That's fine. We're trying to do, I'm trying to pull one off for FIU. I think my Boston University team, even though like they're doing one this summer, I wasn't there when they went to the tournament, but they've included me, which I'm really grateful for. I didn't go to any class reunions of my own. Right. I, I don't, don't know. I don't like them. I either. didn't. You know, I went to my wife's. I had a blast. <laughs> like seriously, dude, I wish I had went to her high school, like in Long Island. I had a blast at her high school reunion. I've never been to one of mine though. I went to like my tenure and then I haven't been back. Yeah. Like it was kind of corny. It was like too soon too. It was like you already knew what everybody was doing. Right, 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 right. I don't know. 25. Maybe we'll see. We're getting too old for that. <laughs> All right. So we teased it. LeBron versus MJ. It's the debate that everybody loves to have, right? It's our yeah. favorite debate. Yeah, we're right. Is it uh, even a debate? What do you mean? Like, wh- well, it is a debate because you obviously LeBron has more traction now than he ever has had. Statistically, he's starting to rack up some numbers where the LeBron camp, mm-hmm. LeBron believers, LeBron fans are saying it's not even close. Like now he's passed him in points. Uh, he's got a better shooting percentage. He's over 50%. Michael Jordan was just under 49. He's reached this faster than MJ did. I just think when you look at the greatest player of all time debate, it has to be more than statistics. It has to be, and I'm not just referencing the six rings because then it's not even close. I think it becomes, it's more than that. It's more encompassing. But what drives me nuts about this debate is that they're two different players. Like they're not the same position. They play the game differently. They have different pluses and minuses. And to me, I don't know. I, this is such not a thing that you're supposed to say in our business. I don't care. Yeah. I, you know, like yeah. they're both awesome. They're probably the, they're both Why? on the Mount Rushmore. Why can't we just appreciate right. them? But that's not what we do. Like people want to hear, Hey, take a stance, take a strong opinion and say LeBron James garbage, Michael Jordan's better and let's go. Like they want to throw down. Yeah. We should be able to appreciate both of them for being what they are. They, you, you hit the nail on the head though. Two different players, different sizes, statures, different styles of game. Um, Kobe would be more comparable to MJ in terms of the way they approach the game, what they were trying to do to affect the game, um, and mentality-wise. LeBron, while he scores a bunch of points and he's a better scorer than, than Magic, he's more Magic or Bird-esque, where yep. they do a lot of, you know, they, they they can pass the heck out of it, they rebound, they score. Um, I, here's what I'll say. LeBron could make a case, and his camp could make a case, for him being a better all-around basketball player than MJ. I will accept that. He, he rebounds at a much higher rate. Like, you know, he can, he, he, he triple doubles all the time. Um, you know, big physical can, can impose his will on you that way. But in terms of like closer, you know, finisher, um, winner, assassin type of mentality, I can't, I can't give him the nod over MJ. I just, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's fair to have them in the same conversation when it comes to that. Let me ask you if this is an accurate representation of the two's greatness. I think if you were starting a franchise from scratch and you wanted to build around somebody, you'd build around LeBron. Okay. But if you wanted the ball in somebody's hands in the fourth quarter to say bring us back or go win a game, you'd want MJ. Yeah. Or do you I, still or do you think you'd want to build around MJ? No, I, I think that let's say you you were going to build around LeBron. I think MJ is much closer to being a guy that you want to build around. Like I say, LeBron was fractionally better in in the build around category, like fractionally, marginally better. Mm-hmm. MJ is so far removed from LeBron in the closing category, right? That that he's the better, he's the he's the all time great. Like, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Because you're right. Like, you give me six eight two fifty, 
that's a freight train coming downhill. He can shoot it a bit. He can, you know, he's got great vision. He can rebound. He defends when he, you know, he's not defending now, but when he, when he was in his prime. Um, yeah, that would probably be more enticing to build around if you didn't know what their, you know, end game was going to be as a player, right? You're talking about coming out in the draft. Yep. Right? Like, yeah, yeah I'm probably going to take the MJ. I yeah. mean, uh, the, the LeBron. Uh, but it wouldn't be that big of a gap. Um, Let's listen to LeBron because after the game, he talked about MJ and what this means to him. He's pretty emotional during the game. Let's yeah. hear what he said after. For a kid from Akron, Ohio, that that um, needed inspiration and um, needed some type of um, positive influence, um, MJ was that guy for me. Um, you know, I, I, I watched him from afar. Um, wanted to be like MJ. Wanted to shoot fadeaways like MJ. Wanted to stick my tongue out on dunks like MJ. Wanted to wear my sneakers like MJ. Um, I wanted kids to look up to me at some point like MJ. And um, it's just uh, it's, it's, it's crazy, to be honest. I don't it's, – it's, it's beyond crazy. I mean, you would have asked me. That was me growing up. Like the exact same way. Sure. And it, it doesn't matter where you were from in this country. If you grew up in the 90s or late 80s and, and 90s, you looked MJ. I mean, didn't you? Yeah, I was an MJ fanatic. Yeah. I I, I, I would remember I had three of his posters. I had the wings oh. one. I had the foul line where he's dunking like. Yeah. This, I had the dream team. Yeah, dude. He he was he was uh, you know, and I like I don't remember ever doing this for another like player or team. Like every day we got the Miami Herald, I will go to the box score. Like you know, you go back to the sports section to see like how many you know how many do you have. Like that, I was I was obsessed with MJ. I got a question for you about today's youth though. Because, like, you're saying MJ, and we're comparing MJ and LeBron, right? So MJ was the dude. And there were guys in that era, right? There was Magic. There was Bird. There was, there was yeah. Charles Barkley. There was Carl Malone. There was Stockton. Most people wanted to be MJ. Yep. Right? In today's era, who do most kids want to be? They want to be LeBron? Are they patterning their game after LeBron? I'm asking. I'm not. I'm, this I is think, an indictment. Well, I think I'm, probably two or three years ago, every kid was shooting threes because they wanted to be Steph Curry. Steph Curry has an and impact And Steph Curry like was more, like relatable because he wasn't 6'9", 260. He was, you know, 6'3". Sure. He was the overlook guy. And I know he had an incredible career and he was still picked, what, 6th or 8th overall? Yeah. So, but he was more like you could picture yourself, especially if you're some white kid that yeah. like, is not going to be able to jump out of the gym. You could probably train yourself to shoot threes. Right. Now, granted, no one's going to shoot uh, threes like Steph Curry, but I feel like that was the one. I don't... James what, Harden. James Harden. I think like Euro step. Like my daughter, my six year old, there was like, Dad, watch this, and she's like hopping through the lane, like, right. trying to show me how she does a Euro step. I find it interesting though, like, I, and I don't have an answer as to why this is that. Like, you don't see a lot of kids that have patterned their game after LeBron. It, like, Does maybe that maybe it doesn't have a, maybe it, that's the pro, that's it right. Like Mike had signature stuff. Yep. I think LeBron's a jack of all trades in a good way. Like he does everything. At a really high level. And so there's nothing, there's no real signature to pattern your game after. Maybe that's the answer. Maybe you just gave it to me. I'm just yeah, I don't interesting know. to me. Cause it my, is. you know, I got young boys that want to play, you know, basketball and my older one loves LeBron, but he's fascinated with that James Harden double step back. And that's all he talks about. It's not about like trying to do what LeBron does. It's about what James Harden does. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause I, I, I do think it's something where his game is sort of all over the map. There isn't a signature move. Right. Like Kyrie's got the handles. James Harden has sure. the step back. Steph Curry has the threes. And we were talking about the importance of handles. LeBron's not a handler. No. You know, like he's got, he, like he's just not that game. So there's nothing. I, I think some of it probably has to do with he didn't do the dunk contest. Like that was something for me. Like I wanted to be able to dunk like Michael Jordan. I right. all I wanted to be able to do, but I also like wanted to be able to double clutch it. And like, you know, everything. Yeah. I just tried to emulate everything he did. I want to be honest with you. Like I spent when I was in Cleveland, right? 
I would spend time sitting on the sideline, um, just watching. Like there, you know, there are two courts there. We were right outside of my 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 little like cubicle that I had and stuff. Griffin, you didn't give me a damn office. Like seriously, man. What, <laughs> Did you have a window? Everybody else had an office. I you was have a window. A oh, you were in a yeah, cubicle, it was like in a big room. Yeah, but it was a big. It was a glass window. I could look outside, see the deer I, and the turkey <laughs> and all of that. But I'm like, I'm in a cubicle. But anyway, um. I would sit in and I would just watch these guys go about their routines and their practices. And I'm just, you know, making mental notes, just watching guys, how they work and stuff like that. And I found myself multiple times saying, if he would just like perfect something, how much better LeBron could be. And it felt really strange to even think it because he's, he's one of the two greatest of all times possibly. Right. But he, and it's to the, it, I just thought about it because you were saying he doesn't have a signature. Like when I watched him, I was like, man, he's got so much room for growth on his jump shot. Or man, like on those post moves, like if he really became surgical with his feet, like Paul Pierce a little bit and, you know, I don't mean any Carmelo to a degree, like, you know, there was a lot of room and probably still is. I haven't seen him in a long time in person to tighten up on stuff and become surgical, kind of like MJ did down to the end of his career. There would be so much, he, there's so much meat on, left on the bone with LeBron. It's incredible. But let me let me just clear something up because I thought I don't want to make sure people are hearing it. It's not because he's not working hard. It's because he because I remember him specifically. I think when he was on the Heat, he was like he was going to work on his back to the basket game, and he got better at it. But he didn't like hone it to where he was the best in the game at it. So he's always worked to improve his yes. game. Yes, just it's been the he's, he's worked on the well-rounded. Yes, he's worked on the overall product. If you could say, I wish he would have done this better, or this one would have been his thing, what would you have made it? The shooting, like make him a better shooter? Yeah, it would have had to been one of two things, just the way the game has evolved. If the game hadn't evolved into what it is now, I would have said get yourself a great like post game. You know what I mean? But you're not really doing that so much anymore, right? So now it would have probably been the shooting. Like because you can see LeBron now, like he's got Paul Millsap. He's playing the four almost exclusively. And a lot of times with their small ball lineup, he's playing the five. And that gives him a mismatch. You know, it gives him a a, a big six nine, six to 6'11 guy that probably can't stay in front of him. But if you put him against a wing, he can't beat him most of the time. Mm -hmm. Like, just man on man. He's not going to get by you. That burst isn't there. And Again, I think he's probably still a little injured. Um, But it it would be just to be a a, a pure shooter. Like, because he's open all the time. Guys are so afraid of him getting downhill that they space him, and he could step up and just walk into, you know, pure jump shots all day. And if he would have done that, he would have been more comparable to Kobe and MJ. Because they were shooters. They were guys that were closers. They were, they were able yeah, to do that. Yeah. Um, the thing that got lost in all this, and I'm, I guess it didn't really, but the Nuggets did beat the Lakers 115-99. Uh, they're now, the Lakers are now six and a half games back of the playoff spot with just six, uh, 17 games. That's remaining. a wrap. It, it's totally a wrap. a wrap. I mean, that, like, it's statistically it's a wrap. I mean, it's a, like, it's like .6 chance. It's, it's done. Um, it's a, it's a. So with that being said, yeah. still statistically they could still have this miraculous season. There has been some conversation, and this drives me nuts. I don't know why we got to this place in sports where no one wants to play and no right. one wants to tell anybody to play. Right. That LeBron should shut it down, should take the rest of the year off, start getting ready for the run next year. It drives me crazy when we start having these conversations. Do you think LeBron has these conversations? Um, in his tight inner circle, I think it's probably been approached. Uh, but I like LeBron's... Uh, sentiments that he made public which was unless i'm hurt i'm not sitting i appreciate that i do and in a year where i think at times he kind of lacked 
a little bit of, of, of the great leadership qualities that I know he has. Like, I thought he lost focus just a little bit this year. Um, I think these are the type of statements that you want from a leader. Like, no, dude, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm here to play ball, and I appreciate that. And it, it kind of supports what we were talking about yesterday, that he is cut from more of an old-school cloth. You know what I mean? Like, I think the newer school of guy would subscribe to the, like, yeah, dude, I'm, that's cool. I'm good. Shut me down. Um, and, and I do, I disagree with it, but here's, here's the deal. I wanted to touch on it real quick. You watch that game last night. You had a situation where Rajon Rondo comes out of the game. He didn't even sit with his team. Like he went over and sat with fans. Rondo did. Like he sat all the way. Like it was, it was, it was ridiculous. Like, you know, it's becoming like a, a, a comedy of errors now, right? Like, look, like he's sitting with right. fans. The little dude over there. Like, look look <laughs> at that. Look, look, look. Like that's, it, that's, it's ridiculous. Look, look where, look where the team is. Yeah, that's, that, that's just a terrible, terrible look. You've got LeBron rolling the ball. You know that thing they do where yep. you're going to save all the time on shot clock and you yep. roll it all the way down. You usually do that to half court. LeBron's at a point now where he don't, he's rolling the ball all the way down to the other three point line. Last night it gets knocked away off his hand, ball going the other way. Like, you know what I mean? It's becoming a comedy of errors now. Like, somebody's got to take those reins and be like, listen, we got 15 games left. Yep. Let's stop making a poop show out of this. Right. It's, I don't want to be the one to say I told you so because I hate when people do that, but I kind of had that feeling it was either going to work really well or it was yeah. going to be a complete disaster. And it's fall, it's quickly going to that disaster spot where you're talking about because Rondo has a pretty, abrasive personality if things aren't going well he's not afraid to let you show it he's going to do things like that right i think lebron has a little bit of that too like i think he's starting to get sick and tired of it and then you combine some veterans that are disgruntled with some younger movement on this team which were all floated about being traded and it's just this perfect storm and it's gonna i don't it's not gonna get any better it's gonna get worse it's gonna get torn apart then you're gonna hear the younger guys start talking about how bad the season really was right hey there was a double standard and some it's just it's gonna be a total soap opera the remainder of the season and when LeBron decides to move on. If he is hurt, the only thing I would say is if his groin injury is not fully back. Yeah, if it's a lingering thing. Then I would say because the best way to get rid of that is to rest. Now, Absolutely. he'll have his longest off season that he's ever had because he's not going to make the playoffs the first time in forever. So he will have some time to rest that. But I would tell him, hey, if that's your excuse, then go ahead and shut it down. Yeah. But if you're healthy enough to play, which he's been now, right. Then well, yeah, thirty one last night. Point. Like it goes to his point. Like if I'm hurt, I'm not sitting. Right. Uh, if I'm, you know, unless he's hurt. So I would, I would echo that. Right. Jeannie Buss had some interesting comments because we were just talking about the youth, and she said that rivals leaked stories to disrupt late the Lakers' chemistry. Okay. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, I think that's that's like gamesmanship. I right. would think they would be because they're not going to sit back and let you tamper and try to make moves happen without them having a little bit of revenge. It wouldn't surprise me at all. She said those stories leak out and it hurt our young players. It wasn't fair. <laughs> That's what it like, wasn't fair. is kind of comical. That is comical. Like, what are we talking about? Um, and here's the deal. They weren't fabricating stories. Are you, are you, you can look those young players in the face and tell them that you didn't, you weren't going to give up four of them to get AD. I don't right. I don't believe you can do that in good faith. Like yes, you were going to give up whatever you needed to at the end of the day to get AD. If that got leaked, like that's the price of doing business, man. Like that that's that's the risk you run when you're willing to do something like that. And I don't I don't you, you, look. Everybody in the NBA has participated in this at some point. Yep. Everyone. So I don't think you get to sit around and it's a bad look for a Lakers franchise that like, you know, people already love to hate. You know what I mean? Like the brand that you have your Lakers lovers and it's a polarizing brand, right? And then you got people that love to hate. Not unlike I always say it, like the Yankees, the Red Sox, like, you know, like it's not a good look for you to be whining about this. No, it's an awful look. Uh, it makes you look unprofessional. It makes you look like you're not prepared for this game, like right. this type of uh, games that go on behind the scenes. I will say this. I do think it is close to impossible 
to keep anything under wraps. Yeah. Impossible. Like if you're Genie Bus, maybe you put, and, and then like you try to weed out who is your, you know, right, who the mole is. <laughs> you pull in Palenka and Magic in a room. So yeah. We are the only three that know about this. Correct. And then you try to see, and if it floats then, then you got a really problem, Correct. a big problem. But in today's world, with social media, with reporters that have access, with text messaging, it's really easy to just shoot a quick text that I can't believe this is going down. Yeah. It's just too easy. I think it's close to impossible to keep anything under wraps anymore. So that would be my advice for Genie Bus. Just, don't, just deal with it. Yeah. Figure out it, it is what it is. With it better. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. You know who's going to be able to buy a lot of watches? Oh. Antonio Brown. He oh. already can. I'm sure he has a pretty impressive watch collection. Oh, you were going to say Frank the Tank. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He could, too. Yeah. Right. Frank the Tank right. absolutely could. Right. Um, So he was on – he did this expose over the weekend with Jeff yeah. Darlington of ESPN. Yep. talking about how he wants out. I thought he portrayed himself in a really bad light, personally. I just – some of the stuff that he says just drives me nuts. It's like, you're a knucklehead. What are you thinking? you got to be smarter than that. It was like he was destroying his trade value. Well, the Pittsburgh Steelers have said – they want to trade him by Friday. They said yeah. expect a deal to be uh, done by Friday. Um, Ian Rappaport reported that the sweepstakes are heating up. Uh, they begun the Steelers have begun telling teams to move quickly and get their best offers in ASAP. This could wrap up soon. Three teams have jumped into the last forty-eight hours. Meanwhile, the Jets and the Cardinals are out supposedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of this, when I even I trust like these guys are really good reporters. I don't trust anything. Like these teams, they might say we're out, and then they're back sure, line calling people saying, yeah. "Hey, wait, wait a second, well, we might be back in." I think the place is going to go is the Raiders. RJLC puts the Raiders as the front runner. Vegas has them as the front runner. I think it makes sense. Here's why: John Gruden last season took a risk on Martavis Bryant, another right. Steelers wide receiver mm-hmm. who said he wanted to be traded. He had been kind of an up and down type of guy production wise, no, nowhere near the type of value or player that Antonio Brown is, but still like this untapped potential. Right. So he made the move for him, gave him an opportunity. Now it was a disaster, didn't work out. But I do think Gruden just salivates at Antonio Brown's skill set and says, "Man, I could get that guy in here. I don't. I'll, I'll be." I'll be his coach. I'll get him the ball. I'll keep him happy. I think it kind of makes sense. I kind of want to see it happen. Yeah. I want to see it <laughs> I do. You want to see it yeah. with Chucky. What did they get for Amari Amar- uh, Cooper? Uh, a first-round pick. Yeah, a first-round pick. Well, it's not going to take a first-round pick to get. To I get. think it might. So here's the thing, though. The Raiders have three first-round picks this year. I think they could give away – I think they have the 32nd or 35th. One of the later-round first-round picks. Yeah. Since they've got three – and one of them was they acquired from the Mari Cooper trade. Right. One they had from the Khalil Mack trade. They have their own. I think that would make – like they're like, hey, we got all these first-round picks. 
Again, you talk about the known and the unknown. I would rather have the known in Antonio Brown. Yeah. You know exactly what you're getting into. Sure. You're like, hey, he's going to be maybe a pain in the neck. He might want this. But I know I can get a receiver who's going to give me 12, 1300 yards receiving is going to be a playmaker. What is the, what, like, what is the Friday date about with the Steelers? Like, what, is that just, just some arbitrary day? They just picked Friday? They want to get it done before his roster bonus is due March 17th. Okay. The trade deadline is March 13th, so you've got all these. Okay, really those dates are dates coming up. Coming up next week. I got it. So they're like, we want to wrap this thing up. They don't see. I think both sides. Like, you know, you're the Steelers. You don't want to be in the last 24 hours and starting to get desperate and having to just take calls. Well, why? But here's my deal. You and this, we talked about this months ago. This has been a done deal. Right? Yeah, that he's not going like, there. It, that he's not going. You didn't back. have to have the meeting with Art Rooney and whoever the dude is that like you, right. whoever they are. You didn't right. need to have those meetings. You True. should have been doing this. This shouldn't have been like, hey, hey guys, come on, get get your deals in by Friday. Right. Get them in by Friday. Come on now, hurry up. We want to. We're up against it. You should have been. This should have been playing itself out. But I think it also. I think it's pretty revealing though that the market for Antonio Brown might not be as strong as he thinks because. A couple reasons. One, I think he's, he's going to want a new deal. Yeah, oh, well, he's, yes. he's and he's thirty. He's thirty, right? And, and he 30. wants a new deal. And he wants a new deal, which he said in his in his video on Instagram. I want all guaranteed money. <laughs> you just don't give those out to everybody, right? So you're going to make the trade for him, potentially give up first round pick, and then you got to sit at the negotiating table and give a guy. He's going to have even more leverage, correct? Like Antonio Brown's going to be like, "Well, I'm not playing if you don't give me guaranteed money." Then it creates a whole other issue. But I do think like those types of conversations. Will be had with Drew Rosenhaus, Antonio Brown's agent, right? Before any absolutely, deal is made. absolutely, like, yeah, you we'll don't trade for him, that. We'll give him this. Make sure he's good with us because we don't want to make this trade unless we're getting him. I had a theory yesterday because the Raiders have all this uh, capital, draft okay. capital. They have these three first round picks. You tell me if you like this. All right. I think it's crazy. Let's but go. I like yeah, it. I like crazy. Not make too the crazy. trade. Make the like trade for Antonio Brown, right? Yeah. John Gruden supposedly in love for Kyler Murray. Call up the Cardinals, give them whatever they want, trade up, take Kyler Murray, mm-hmm. and say, all right, good luck stopping us. Let's go. Get Antonio Brown, pair him with Kyler Murray, and say go. Now, I did see somebody else. Actually, a dude hit me up that is on, like, is somehow connected as an NFL analyst. I got to gotta figure out before I name drop him. But said, Le'Veon Bell is rumored to go to the Raiders as well. Oh. Like, you get Le'Veon, you get Antonio Brown, oh, and Kyler Murray. I like that. Right? Like, I like that. Then it's like Raider Nation. I like, like that. And then you kind of just own, like, the bad boys. Yeah. Like, at the guys who just, like, they're ballers, and they, they, they you know, showcase their power. Right. They force trades, and Le'Veon held out an entire year. Here. You got Kyler Murray, this polarizing quarterback who's exciting, and say, let's go. Here's my deal. I love it, in theory. <laughs> right. When you do what Le'Veon Bell did, and they, they, both of these guys, him and Antonio Brown, are kind of the same for me. Like, I was with you. I, I was your dog. Like, I was riding with you. <laughs> yep. And then you get to a point where I'm like, I need you to slow down and stop. Because now you're – like, and then you went over, and now I'm not riding with you anymore. Do you know what I mean? I yep. feel like Antonio Brown did that for me last week. Yep. When he just wouldn't stop. Yep. And every microphone – at some point, you tell ESPN or CBS Sports or, or uh, Fox, whoever, you tell them, no, thank you. Like, I've said my piece. Yep. I, I don't want to be on film anymore. I, there's nothing more I can say to you. But he doesn't. He no. keeps going in front of the microphone giving interviews. So I'm out. So here's the deal. If you've acted this way, wherever you go, you better produce. Yep. You understand what I'm saying? He like, has to. Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, you've done all of this. You've acted the fool. You made a mockery of this whole situation. You better take your behind somewhere and play football. 
So here's the thing on Antonio Brown and why he would never say no to an interview. A dude that bleaches his mustache blonde Bro. wants attention. Yeah, he wants. wants to be on camera, wants to be talked about. That's the worst look I think I've ever seen. I, no one, like, there's some looks that are out there and like, you're like, all right, I can see it. That is one of the worst looks I've ever that seen. That boy looks like the Lorax. <laughs> yes. I'm telling you, man, I can't get any takers on that. I show Coco. No, he does. Day. He, he totally like does. The the damn Lorax. Has, yeah. All he needs to do is grow it out a little Just bit a longer little bit. and do the little curls on the end and he is the Lorax. Uh. I would love to see it happen because I think if you're going to make moves, like why not swing for the fences? Because yeah. it's either going to be, again, it'd be a home run or no, a disaster. I feel that. And they would have one of the, the instantly they would have one of the most high-powered offenses Dynamics, that you see yeah, in the NFL. For sure. Uh, so if that move happened, yeah. and, or if Kyler Murray is taken number one by the Arizona Cardinals, it stands. It begs the question, what happens to Josh Rosen? There is a report now uh, Adam Schefter put out there, said multiple teams have inquired about Rosen's availability at the Combine last week. Uh, though Arizona did not give those teams any indication that they're willing to move on from him, uh, he is at this time, according to two league sources, according to Schefter, who spoke to Cardinals, he is on the market. I... I feel kind of, I don't love Josh Rosen. I didn't love the way he handled the media, but I feel bad for him. He is getting a raw deal in all of this because he was taken 10th overall. I honestly cannot remember. I don't think it's ever happened. I think it's unprecedented that after one year, a quarterback who was taken as the 10th overall pick was completely moved on from. Now, yeah, there have been busts before, right. but even busts get two or three years to kind of work things out. They're saying, nope, we found something shinier, newer, sexier. We're going to go get that. We'll see you later. Yeah, well, you talked about like the perfect storm of events, and that's what that is with this, right? Because when you bring, again, when you when you roll the dice on Cliff Kingsbury, that, that requires a certain type of guy running that offense. You know what I mean? And so it's not really Josh Rosen's fault. But it, from from the Arizona Cardinals' perspective, like I'm playing this as as coy as I can. Like I'm not, like I'm going to be all over the place with this. Maybe I don't know. Is he available? You tell me. Right. I don't know. What do you What do you mean? What do you got? What are you <laughs> right. talking about? Depends. What do you? Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. What do you mean? Like you know what I mean? I'm not giving you any indication which way I'm leaning either way. And for a team that's going to get Josh Rosen, if if somebody gets him on the cheap, I already liked him. Like I know he's got this abrasive personality. But, like, so does Aaron Rodgers a yep. little bit. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, they're, yeah. they're guys that have abrasive personality. B- Baker Mayfield, to some degree, like, although his teammates love him and I actually love his swag. Yep. Some people would say that comes off like cocky. Totally. Like, you know what I mean? There, there's an, uh, there's a level of arrogance that all great players have. You will get a super, super motivated dude. If you thought he had a chip on his shoulder after, after being passed over by, by teams and going number 10, Wait till you get him in your building after he just got yeah. flipped after year one. Here's the interesting dynamic that could come into play. Let's say you're the New York Giants. They selected six yeah. overall. They need a quarterback for the future. They could either – let's say Kyler Murray's done like he's going to get picked number one, mm-hmm. so he's off the board. Would you rather have Dwayne Haskins, who you've seen at one year at Ohio State, light it up, or would you rather have Josh Rosen, who you saw at UCLA, you've seen him for a year, and it was a bad year. It struggled, but he could be your heir apparent. That's a tough one. It's a really tough one. I think for me, and this is a lot to do. I don't. I've never met Josh Rosen. I yeah, think he comes across as a punk, and I don't. I think yeah, he's yeah. different than Baker. I don't know him. I don't think his players love him. That's different. Like, and I think that's different. I like when he, UCLA he was taking a lot of heat. You didn't see a ton of guys come to. No, him. that is different. That's fundamentally different. See, that's that's my well, issue. With Danny, him. here's yeah. my question for you: Is what that, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Raja, what you got? <laughs> um, if they don't have to trade that first round pick, and let's say you can get rid of like a second or third round pick or something like that, then you still have that number six overall pick, and you have Josh Rosen. Then so it's really what you're trading for. It's like Dwayne Haskins and what 
or Josh Rosen and that sixth overall pick. That's where I think that's a really point. good point. Because if it's if you have to give up the sixth pick, then it's more like which one do you want? Right. But if you can get Josh Rosen and give away a second round pick, or you know, probably you're not going to get a third, but I would say second round, and you still have that sixth overall. Yeah. Then I would take Josh, Josh Rosen, Rosen in a hands in sure. a hands down. I was trying to give you a hypothetical of exactly the yeah. same because I think that's really interesting. I would rather have Dwayne Haskins. Again, we don't know what he looks like in the NFL, but I feel like you're getting a blank slate. Some guys, and they get hit as much as Josh Rosen did last year. You lose your confidence. You kind of get battered. Yeah. To me, like yeah. you lose, and you just kind of you never recover from that. I'd rather get a guy who's having an ultimate, you know, confidence booster year. He's yep. feeling good. I think he'd be more willing to sit behind Eli, right? As a rookie, right, 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 Josh right. Rosenwood with his chip on his shoulder. So if it was just. Apples to apples, and it was, hey, this Dwayne Haskins six overall or Josh Rosen, you're going to lose that. I would take Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, um, I feel like Dwayne Haskins, although the tape is great and there's a year of it, I want more. Like I need, I need him to have an electrifying pro day. Yeah, because I, I watch him. I specifically, we were playing in a basketball tournament, and I, I DVR'd like the entire quarterback. What was it? Tight end workouts. Yep. Like, and I just, you know, I watched him run the forty, and then I just want to see all those guys throw. And not nobody jumped off the page at me. No, like, do you know what I mean? I don't and think I the was class is that great. Yeah. I, I really don't. I, last year's class was so strong. Dwayne Haskins is a little like uh, rough around the edges. Right, like, he needs to get cleaner with his fundamentals, with his footwork. Right, 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 right. He's not that great of an athlete. Yeah, like, he ran a five hundred one forty, which yeah. is not good. Um, but I do think he's a project where that's why I think I like it for the Giants because they can sit him for a year. Correct. I think he needs a year to sit. Right, and then you could have him be your next guy. We were talking about vanilla ice. Oh, what? Wait, you went? I love vanilla ice. I had the lines in the forehead. Oh, I didn't have I, all of that. Yeah, I, <laughs> I could had the see. pants. Yeah, you were living well, the life. The, you were yeah, living. Yeah. Yeah. No lie, my sister yeah. had a white Mustang. Oh. Rag top down. Oh, what's your And I would so ride blow. on oh. A1A. Oh. Beach on <laughs> Avenue. I was rolling Front Avenue, at yeah. the time. Uh, but you actually, you took us to the next level. Oh. I never saw him in concert. It was an MC Hammer he was the headliner at Vanilla Ice. Yeah. And it was at the Miami Arena. The arena had just opened. I was probably jealous that I wasn't there. Oh, you couldn't tell me nothing. I was rolling. <laughs> like, I took the Metro Rail. We had just moved here from the Virgin Islands. Yep. So I took the Metro Rail down. I had hammer pants on. Like, <laughs> still in a big city Oh, no, we were doing it, man. You couldn't tell me nothing. <laughs> Some of the greatest jams ever, man. The, the golden, age, golden age of rap and hip-hop. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the Suns and uh Knicks were battling last night. Right. The, what is it? The Road Design? Road Design. Zion, the yeah. Road to Zion, trying to get Zion Williamson. The Suns top the Knicks, uh, and so now it looks like the Knicks possibly would have the uh, the worst record and obviously have the best chance for Zion Williamson. They've got some young talent. They traded away Kristaps. If you're Zion Williamson, now the Suns, well, the Suns have had some young talent oh, too. Oh, if you're oh. Zion, which team would you want to go to? The Knicks. You would, yeah, because of the New York yeah, market, or you think the New talent's York. better? No, New York. I mean, ju I'm just purely basing it off of like where I would want to play and where I think my star would ascend like the quickest. It would be New York, and that media, like uh, uh, that media-driven city, um, with what he brings to the table in terms of just you know popularity to begin with. I think that's a great combination. Now, I, the, the Suns have been directionless. I've said I've said this for the last few years in terms of what they're trying to do with the roster. I have a lot of trust in James Jones, who's running things out there now. I, I think James is really with it, and I think, uh, you know, if they continue to trust in, in in his vision, I think that they will get to where they want to go. It may take some time, but I'm not as worried about the direction anymore because I trust the guy who's who's kind of driving the ship. Yep. Um, the Knicks have a lot of money, also, so not only can they bring in Zion and they got a couple pieces potentially, but they've got a lot of cap space. So, you know, perfect world. You, you're there in the, as the first pick, and then. 
you know, you flip KD or, or Kyrie or, you know, I don't know, whoever. You get one of those dudes with Zion. Right. Now you're all cooking. of a sudden it gets really interesting. Cooking. And you just took uh, Kevin Knox has been pretty good as he's been there. Sure. Uh, then all of a sudden you're getting pretty good. The New York market, I don't think people like fans just here. And I think some fans that don't live or don't understand it, they're like roll their eyes like, oh, yeah, it's a big deal. Oh, yeah. It is a different animal. It really is. As a quarterback there for two years who got to start, I saw it. And I didn't appreciate it when I was there. I right. had no idea what it meant. But, like, the impact in, that it gives your brand for life. Yeah. Like, if you go, like, I still go, and I still get remembered as a Giants quarterback. Right. I was, I was not good. Right. But like, so, like, those fans, <laughs> they remember me, right? They're like, hey, man, I remember you took us to the sure. night playoffs. That was a great run. The, the opportunity to make money while you're there. Right. Like, I would get, you know, to, uh, 10 grand to go sign at yeah. some mall, like, yeah. for a couple hours. You don't get and that. So, in. that was my first experience with my first three years in NFL. Yeah. Then I go to Atlanta. I'm like, all right, when's my mall signing? What's up? I was like, what? Oh, yeah. No one did that. Nobody even knows who you are walking through no the mall. One, no one cares. They're right. like, oh, Falcons, you guys are awful. Like, yeah. Like, you know, who cares? It's a different animal. I think you've seen guys really capitalize on it. Like, Victor Cruz. Yeah. Remember the salsa dance? Like, sure. that became such a phenomenon, and he's transitioned into a really good broadcasting career. Sure. He wasn't that great of a receiver. It was right. Because he played in New York. New York. Odell Beckham Jr. is a really big, really good wide receiver, but he's enhanced his brand because he played in New York. It is a real thing, and especially in the NBA where there's shoe money and there's a lot of endorsement contracts. Yeah. There's a lot of money to be made. If you put on that Knicks jersey and you play in that market, it's going to double your value. I wish I could say it was a regret. Like, no, the Knicks never wanted me. So it's not really a regret. I never chose anybody over the Knicks, but I really wish, like, one of the things, it was a bucket list thing for me was to have played for the Knicks. I tried out for them, like, or I worked out for them, um, like, when my career was over, and I, I thought it worked out. They, they took Ron Artest, which I couldn't really beef with, but point was, I would have loved to play there. New York's a city where, you know, I was an okay NBA player, like, all right, average probably. My numbers might be slightly below. I don't know. When I go to New York City, Brooklyn, no matter where I'm at, people know who you are. Yep. That's, I swear. Like, yeah. I walk around South Florida, and, you know, nobody knows who I am. It's right. fine. But when you go to New York, people know. And I never played there. Right. But they know who you are, and they're... they can tell you about your game. Hey, man, love the <laughs> way you did. And you're like, damn. Like, they're they're really into their sports like that. So I couldn't even imagine playing there. It's it's awesome. It's yeah. really cool. Because you do, like, you you appreciate fans that know the game. No doubt. Respect you now. They'll love you, but they'll also destroy you, and yeah. they won't hold back. But that's the good. That's what makes them great. Like I think good fans and Philly uh, fans took a lot of heat the other day because they were saying, "Oh well, uh, Bryce Harper could get booed opening day." Yeah. yeah, if you paid him that much money, does he strikes out? Like at least they're showing up to tell him. Right. If you're great, they're going to be great. If you're bad, they're going to be bad, and they're going to yeah. let you hear about. It. They're passionate. Like yeah. that's like SEC fans in football. They're all over the map, but they're passionate. Right. They're going to tell you they hate you, whether broadcast or a team. They're going to fire your coach, but they care. Like that's what you want as a player for your franchise, for your fans to care. Now it can be hard, and it can it can be it tough. Can make you turn on Look, them. Philly, Philly. I I love Philly. First of all, my family's from the Philly area, so me getting a chance to play in Philly was was a dream come true for me. Like getting to play there. I love those Sixer teams with 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 Doc and Mo Cheeks and and and, and all of those guys. So playing there was awesome, and then. You know, I was able to have this little bit of an impact, just enough to where I couldn't really screw it up. <laughs> right. The fans really like loved it, and then the next year, like I didn't live up to it. And I don't say they were rude, but they were certainly not like the same way. But that's okay, right? right. Because I like I love the experience there, and the the best part about Philly fans for me, and I I love going back now. They remember me as some kind of like it's like this little mythical thing that they have. Right. I didn't do that much, <laughs> you know. But I love right. it. Like they right. still remember me. Like I was a big part of what they did that year. I really was. You know what's great for life. me is because I experienced the the good and the bad too. Because yeah. when I was the backup 
and they didn't like Dave Brown, the quarterback for me, like, get Canell in there. And yeah. then I came in and we won and we went to the playoffs. Like, yeah. This guy's oh, you're, awesome. you're a hero. Yeah. Then I got hero. paid. Then I got a new contract. <laughs> like, this guy sucks. Expectation. But similar to your story. Yeah. Like when I go back to New York, the reception is pretty good. Right. Like people are like, yeah, I remember the good times. Yeah. Like, sure. You know, online Twitter, people are bashing me like, ah, oh, remember the Canell years, how bad they right, were. Right, right. But for the most part, people are like, yeah, hey, you guys had a good run. Like that yeah. was fun to watch you. And it's cool. Like it's cool to be appreciated, uh, when you're in that position. So yeah, Zion, hope you go to New York because that'd be incredible. And, I think it'd be great for the NBA. Like for the Knicks to be relevant and have a superstar like him to be in New York. I know there's been a lot of speculation, like the balls, do they drop? Is they fixed? Are they right. fixed? No, nah, I don't think they're fixed. I don't. I don't think they are either. But if there was a chance <laughs> to do it, this yeah, is when you would, would want to do right? it because right. you want to get Zion to the Knicks for sure uh, to make that happen. Um, so wait, can you Coca? Can you fill me in on the story that you're G chatting me on? Because I I'm, I just want to let you give us the details on this thing because it sounds pretty off the rails. <laughs> yeah. All right, so some in depth look at the dysfunction of the Phoenix Suns by ESPN came out a couple days ago, and it says that the Suns owner Robert Sarver that he got acquired some live goats from a Diana Taurasi event in 2017, <laughs> and he filled up Ryan McDonough's office with the goats, and he left them there. And the goats just ended up just pooping all over McDonough's office. So my question would be, like, would you rather work in that dysfunction or work in the dysfunction of having to, like, listen to James Dolan's band on on the team plane? <laughs> what was – I'm trying to see what the metaphor was right. for having a bunch of goats put in an office or was it just a prank? Uh, probably a prank. Like, I don't know. I look. I'm not here to bash the Suns. I had like it was my favorite stop in my career when we the the fans there are are great. Um, we weren't bad, so I don't know what they're like when we were bad. We were we were a good team, so like they were great, and I, I love the city and everything like that. Um, I, I've Robert Sarver and I have our own thing. Like I've told that story before, but yeah. it's okay. I, I have to imagine that was a prank though, because I don't know. I don't know. I don't know like, so. come on, Rob. Like I don't know what we're doing. Again, if you're having two places that are a little dysfunctional, I'd go to New York every yeah, time for sure. All right, welcome back, Ken Ellen Bell. So we were talking during the break. Game of Thrones is coming back soon. It's coming back in April. You're traveling, so you yes. want to have stuff to binge watch. You're going to go back and watch and get caught up. I've thought about doing it, but I haven't. Yeah. It's an investment. Like, it's it, a lot no, of time. It's a lot of time. Uh, and I thought the last season was boring. Yes. Um, I did. Well, there was some good and bad. It wasn't yeah. general, like, it wasn't the best ever, but it left me cliffhanging, right? Obviously, I want to know what's up. And so I need to make sure that I, cause it, it had a lot of stuff going on. Yes. So I'm going to make the investment in season seven before season eight comes out, the final season, just to make sure that nothing passes me by. That's always been my biggest beef with Game of Thrones yeah. is that you really have to pay attention. Oh, you and be there'll right. be a lot of storylines where you're like, wait a second, what's going on? Like, right. wait, what, when was this two years ago? Like what happened? Like that's been my biggest beef. Like it's, it's kind of like an investment. I think Game of Thrones is good. But I'm kind of the point now where I'm watching it just because I want to see the end. I don't know if I love it anymore. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Oh. I, you know like, I feel like I'm in a camp that people either love it or hate it. I'm kind of like, all right, I just want to see how it ends. Brother, I am a Sunday no matter what's you are. happening. You are like, right then. You know where you can find me. I'm in the back like with Game of Thrones. Do not bother me no matter what's happening. I need to get into the after the throne stuff like, yeah. where they have the recaps because mm -hmm. then they get into some of the details. I was talking to a buddy I used to work with, and he was like, oh, you got to watch those. And I watched a couple of them. Really? And they break it down like next level, and they recap the episode, and they'll oh. tell you like some of the subtleties oh. and some of the lines, and they'll like they remember this when this happened. Never that's why this is that. happening. See, now it's because I really thought like it was going to be a huge investment. I was probably not going to be able to ski. I was going to go back and start at one, just take one and two with me on the road and just right. go through all of them. I would have never hit the slope stuff. So <laughs> right, take seven and just hey, do still that. got a month though. So yeah. be all right. Uh, baseball. Let's do uh, talking baseball. Do we have Louis, yeah. Luis Severino? <laughs> uh, MRI comes back. What do you think of the Yankees' starting rotation? Yeah, definitely got a torn MCL. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> I don't know what. All right. Who's Levy no. Severino? No. <laughs> we'll get to that tomorrow, man. Right, yeah. uh, Severino's impact on the Yankees starting uh, rotation. Bryce Harper uh, was talking at one of his press conference, and he talked about Mike Trout. And he's like, yeah, of course I'm going to come out and recruit him to Philly. You're crazy if you don't think I'm not to. Yeah. Uh, MLB has actually thought about, Stop. you know, finding them. Stop. The Angels are upset. They reached out to MLB about tampering. Harper responded, said, I wouldn't say it if I didn't mean it. Trout <laughs> acknowledges, obviously I saw it and he's excited. I have no control what he says. Yeah. It's a joke. I think tampering as a whole for the NBA and MLB, they should just stop talking about yeah. it. It makes them look foolish. Right. If you cry, what the baby gonna do? Yeah, like, exactly. Stop. Right. It's happening. Exactly. It happens everywhere. It happens all the time. There's nothing they can do to police it. And the real tampering that takes, that is going on, they have no idea that's Correct. going on. Correct. Yes. Like this is happening everywhere. The real tampering, they can't even see it. Listen, um, I, I want to be careful not to incriminate anybody. So <laughs> when I'm a free agent, right? Yeah. Seriously. I'm a free agent. Um, I tore my wrist up in Charlotte. They send me to Golden State. I stay home most of the year. Towards the end of the year, I go out to Golden State to kind of be with the team, like, you know, get to meet Don Nelson, you know, get to meet uh, the players Don Nelson wants to see if I'm, I'm rehabbing. They decide um, that they're probably not going to re-sign me next year. I'm like, all right, it's fine. Um, my agent was already talking to five teams. Right. Like, right. five teams. They were like, yeah, hey, look, yeah, we, we're watching him. We see him shooting around before the games. Like, he was, you know, I ain't going to call out the team names, but that was happening. That's my agent. Right? That's right. not a player on the team. Right. That's my agent talking to a general manager. Right. That's the real stuff that they never right. can police. So they want to police it, so they try to do it by sending these statements, but I think it just makes them look bad. Right. And then I think it just looks like they're out of touch and they don't understand. And the fines that they levy are a joke. Yeah. It ends up being like a parking ticket. The guy said, like, whatever. Uh, let the dudes have some fun with it, especially when they're trying to recruit him to another team. Just let them have fun with it. Um, there has been some conversation because this is one of the things that I think does not make sense in baseball. It's the DH rule because right. you have it in one league in the American League. They don't in the National League. It I, I can't. It's like it, playing with the three point rule in exactly. the West Conference and not having a three point line in the exactly. It makes line. absolutely no sense whatsoever. Max Scherzer said he likes to hit. I uh, wanted to hit the other day in uh in spring training. I I wish they would go one way. I wish they would do away with the DH. Yeah. Like, it's, uh, like in what sport can you say? You know, you really you don't have to do this phase of the game. Like, you know, it'd be like if DeAndre Jordan or Shaquille O'Neal or one of the guys, you don't have to shoot free throws. Shoot free throws. Uh, yeah, well, you can have a designated free throw shooter. Oh, that'd be like, it's fantastic. the same thing. <laughs> that is, that's, like yeah, that's great. Oh, jeez, I would designated hate it. free throw shooter. It'd be the same type of thing because they're basically saying, Man. well, you pitchers suck at hitting, so we're yeah. going to let somebody who's good at it do it. Good point. I think they should flip the other way. No, I, I agree. I don't, I don't love, I mean, I, I it's kind of funny to think about it, but I would not love that. I, it, right. You're playing a game. You play the whole game. Exactly. Yeah. And that's how I would feel with pitchers. Like, go ahead, suck it up there. It used to be, hey, you totally teach them how to bunt. They could do something functional in Correct. the game. Make them do that. It's, instead, MLB is probably going to go the complete opposite. They're going to have the DH across. They're going to have a universal, which I do think if you're not going to give me what I want, right. at least make it universal. I don't know. It's the same across all leagues. Like, I think, why can't, like, the pitcher bat? It would be dope if the pitcher could bat. And like, if your if your center fielder couldn't hit, you DH for him, <laughs> right? Like, you know well, what they, I mean? Well, like, they, you can. Can, can. Oh yeah, in high but, school, yeah, they'd have DHs for all the time for all for other they positions. For a he could just play out in the outfield, and you batted. Yeah, that's fantastic. You could do it all the time with yeah. your worst hitter. Just sub in because I was a pitcher. I would pitch, but I was a good hitter. Right. They didn't want a DH for me, so they DH for somebody else. But does he have to come out of the game and not go back in? Like in a DH, like if they DH for you in the MLB, like not hit. you can't. You know what I mean? The and so he's playing field. the field every yeah. – that's yeah. so great. We got all MLB's answers yeah. right here on Canal Enjoy your trip, yeah, man. Thank you, brother.